Hello, welcome to the McEwen Brother Podcast. Now, as promised, this week we have a special guest on. Christoph, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to have you about. Thank you, Gregor. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And, you know, we've got you on because you've got quite an interesting backstory. We date back to uni days as friends. That's right. We want to maybe dive, first of all, into a bit of what you do at the moment, uh, what you're up to, and maybe give us a bit of background to to where you're at in life. Okay, right. So what am I up to at the moment? Well, I work for Accenture, um, international consulting business, um, in the finance department of the company. Um, in May, it's going to be about, yeah, it's going to be two years since, since I got hired. Um, it's pretty solid. Um, but... Obviously, that's why that's not why you guys have me here. Um, I have many more projects going on at the moment, and yeah, things are going pretty pretty great. So after, let me just get a bit of bit of introduction. For for instance, how me, me and Gregor met. So we met at uni at the Edinburgh Napier. Um, I believe Gregor was one of the establishing members of the Enterprise Society. Not so sure today. <laughs> I do remember that that room and being in uh-huh. there with like the first meeting. Oh right, yeah. And going like, oh, who are all these crazy people in this guy with the big afro? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, that's right. And so basically, after after graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I uh, came across this 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 uh, this area in Czech Republic where you could buy properties incredibly cheap say for 10 15 15000 pounds really cheap but and the rent was still you know decent and the ROI, when i when i ran the numbers uh, the ROI was something about 50% a year so basically wow. you would have you know you would have your money back within 2 years and then from there on it would just straight you know clean cash flow so i was like this is amazing so i wasn't actually planning to move back so quickly but then i kind of miss my family and i couldn't let this opportunity pass so i moved back and then I broke my leg, but I was super determined to go see this place. So with my crutches, I took a train because I didn't have a car back then. I traveled across the country um, to see this place. And when I arrived, it was absolutely horrible. It was not terrific, but it was just awful place um, with a lot of like low, low income people. But, you know, you didn't really feel safe. You know, the buildings were falling apart and I was like, okay, I'm not really sure. You know, I want to be a slumlord, really. I mean, yeah, it's great <laughs> cash flow, but <laughs> you know, you do you do a refurb, you put a new kitchen, and it's gonna be trashed in six months. You know. Yeah. So then I started kind of thinking, like, okay, what 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 else can I do? Because my 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 plan failed <laughs> within the first month. Like, boom, <laughs> you know, you move a country just for this specific purpose, then you get there. And then it's all bust. And I was like, oh, man, how could I be so dumb? You know, like, <laughs> what's going on? So it was, uh, it was like a wake-up call for me. Um, anyway, so that's, that's uh, what I did after uni. And uh, then, I got, then I went through several jobs until I found myself as an analyst. I, I sold real estate. I mean, I sold property for a month uh, for a startup. But the, the owners of the company wanted me to be, you know, they wanted me to lie to people and sort of, like, win the business any in any possible way and i was like i'm a cons- i'm a property consultant i don't really want to be lying to people you know i want to be doing my job and uh eventually i got really bad and i quit <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool so obviously started uni left uni back home property yep. was on your mind yep then you find your feet in a uh i guess a proper job in a way proper yep. company if you want to regard it as that and you've been yep. there for two years uh-huh. Yeah. Almost. So obviously that's like a, you know the type of route safe route. Do you want to dive into a bit of why did you think about property? What was why was that or what sparked your interest in property initially? Why has that been a focus post uni? Right. So this all come goes back to my first year of uni. I came across this article of this English guy who started uni and his parents bought him a flat and well they just they just put in the bond down payment and he used he rented out the other rooms which would cover his rent plus it would supplement his income and I thought 
oh, come on, this is genius, you know? Like, why would I, you know, why would I go to, I don't know, work to, I don't know, Pizza Hut, you know, <laughs> 25, 30 hours a week while you're at uni, you know, really hectic. When, you know, your flatmates could be covering the rent and, you know, paying your drinks, your, your night, night, nights out, you know, with, with guys. So I thought, this is amazing. And then I was, like, trying to find a way how to do it and, you know, loads of roadblocks because I wasn't, I wasn't local and my parents couldn't, you know, I... I the bank wouldn't loan me, and also I didn't have the down payment for a flat in Edinburgh. I don't think many people fall in that category, anyways. No. But that's why that's why I got interested in property because it's really low maintenance, pretty good cash flow, and it's very safe. It's a really reliable vehicle. You just buy it and it stays there for centuries. You know. Cool. So you had obviously property in mind, but the last time we had a conversation, you were running a couple other things as well which are going quite well for you i understand some, some are yeah 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 um so when i got my my my, my job at accenture i was thinking like okay what else what, what can i do now obviously i want to purchase a property but you know it stopped being from i will spend 10 grand and i will have you know cash flow of i don't know 500 quid or you know it just didn't work like that so i was like okay with the money i have i had about how much did I have? I think I had about eight, eight grand, something like that, maybe 10, with the money I, I brought from Scotland altogether. Um, and I was like, okay, what what can I do? Because obviously I want to buy a property, but at the same time, it doesn't you know provide me as much cash flow as, as I as I wanted, want it. And, you know, being being a business, business guy, that was my main focus. I didn't want to be employed. So I was like tr- trying to find a way out as quickly as possible. And I knew... And when I run the numbers, that you know, if I spend the whole thing, all all the all the cash I have, if I spend it on, on one property, it's gonna really slow me down. So I was looking for ways to turn profit faster. So I opened an e-commerce business. I opened like my own website. Um, I don't know if people do it this in, in you know in Scotland in the UK, but here it's very very popular. Here, you don't have so many big brands. There are some, but it's not so not so like centralized yet. I think I mean, obviously we are like you know the market is going there slowly. Um, so I had a couple of ideas from when I worked in Dunfermline and, uh, <laughs> in, in Amazon and they had some really cool stuff, which I haven't never seen in Czech Republic. So I was like, okay, I came across these really cool patches, like, like clothing patches, you know, so it's really silly, but this stuff is missing here, like completely. So I was like, okay, if I'm the only person, the only person in the country, it must sell, right? Well, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent about, I don't know, I think. Bloody hell! I feel a little ashamed. Four or five grand on like product and like websites and like assistance to set it up. And uh, yeah, you can see you can see my stock behind me. <laughs> I have this, like, <laughs> this, well, like, this is a this is a good uh, promotional tool, so we can maybe get some sales. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for CZ, come and buy. <laughs> we'll put it in the description. <laughs> Linked in the description. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started that while I'm working at Accenture. Luckily, the job wasn't very demanding at the beginning, so it gave me a lot of time to, you know, work with my IT person who set it up, who who set up the, cho- the shop, and I, with, with fr- help of my friends, we selected designs we liked, we put it on the website, and it was selling fairly well. Obviously, you know, PPC and advertisement, all this stuff, it's it's tough if you want to do it yourself, but if you want to hire professionals, they are very expensive. So, yeah, it was selling, but I, I kind of lost passion for for fashion because it moves so fast. You have to spend so much time on it. You know, you don't really see it. Anyway, so I will just shut up about the first business. It's <laughs> getting way too long, even for me. Is that um, still open? Or? It is still open, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, oh. you pay like an online rent kind of to the provider who provides me the system, the payment, you know, the, the payment gates and all that, the terminals. Um, it's still open. We still get sales. I stopped buying new product. But what's going really well for me at the moment is Swedish fermented fish or rotten fish called surströming. Not sure you heard of it, but thanks to all these YouTube videos, it became a big hit, especially here. And people are going crazy. So they, they buy this fish, which this has been, you know, fermented, has been rot- rot- rotting in, I don't know, somewhere for a year or so. It smells horribly. Uh, a friend of mine asked me, hey, Christoph, could you could you try to get me this fish? Because you have friends like 
worldwide. So I was like, okay, let's let's try to if, <laughs> let's see if I can get this thing for your for for your yeah, for for dad. You know, he wanted to get him as a present for Christmas. So my my friend Ben, he sent it over from Sweden, but it arrived late because he sent it. Damn it, he sent it like 17th of December. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not gonna get it on the 24th. So, so we got it in January. My friend was like, "Hey, since it's right late, you know, like, would you mind? Would you would you be, you know, would you fancy trying to, trying it out with us?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Like, <laughs> the, the, for your for your um, idea, the the canvas is huge. Like, you wouldn't want to open it just for yourself. It'll be way okay. based because plus this thing is quite quite expensive, I think." Um, so we went to his dad's cottage and we opened it up, and it's the worst possible smell. Like it's uh, like like old socks, you know, sweaty socks. If you leave them somewhere, <laughs> for, it's horrible. It's like uh, if you love fish, you it's you are you're able to eat it, but if uh, if you don't like fish, you're gonna just throw up like immediately. Uh, for some reason, this became a big hit, and people buy it for you know baby showers. If you want to ruin somebody's wedding, and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I had this. I had his uh, bike gang chief or, or captain show up at my door. So I was like, he was buying this stuff, and I was like, would you mind me asking? Because he, 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 you know, he, he came, he came here to my house with like S class Mercedes, and I was like, why is got this guy buying this sort of stuff? You know, like I, I didn't get it. So I, I was really curious to know. So I was asking, like, would you mind telling me why you buying this stuff? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we have a initiation of new members to the to the to the club or to the gang, <laughs> and this is one of the tasks they have to do. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> do they have to eat it? Yeah, they have to eat it. Yeah. Oh God, did you try it when you? I did try. It, yeah. It's what awful. do you think? Well, I, I had I had bread, butter, um, onion, and beer just to like you know, oh, no. lower the taste. It's it's so it's had like, it. I had one. I managed to eat one whole fish. It's about this big. It's disgusting, honestly. It's it. The, the taste is so intensive. It's so intense. The taste is so intense that you're you're. I'm not kidding. I've never had this in my life. Your your nose and your tongue. It doesn't know if you're eating a rotten fish, or straight up shit. <laughs> and it just, you just keep. You have to keep focused. Like tell, keep telling your brain, it is fish. It is fish. And that's the only way you can like finish it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this thing is you know, it, it's gone through the roof, and uh, I currently make in profit about seven eight hundred quid which is uh which is pretty decent you know especially for for down here um and that's a month yeah, yeah a month a month yeah it's, it's, it's more than some people make you know if you have someone who works at a baker i make more than that passive plus i have my you know accenture income which obviously i live on because i live in prague it's quite expensive and yeah yeah and then i have one more business um there's this uh American startup from San Francisco, and what what they are trying to achieve is they're trying to put up a global network, sort of like your 5G that you know, three and T-Mobile and Vodafone have, but they try to do it differently and give opportunity to people like you and me to contribute building the network. And in return, they pay you like a daily fee. So what do you need? Is you need some capital to buy the device. And then you need access to, you know, rooftops and high high up places where you install okay. it. It doesn't take any electricity, and like I don't know, ten quid a year, yeah, like nothing. Wow. It needs to be connected to the internet. the The project's called Helium. It's global. It works in the UK. I checked. You guys have like loads of loads of hotspots in Edinburgh as well. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you can you can you can look look it up later on. Um, it's quite exciting, and the profitability used to be crazy. There's a there's a guy in Slovakia who started last year, and he made 1.2 million dollars in a year with uh, about 20 devices. And just for your for idea, one device is about 500 euros, so that'd be like I don't know, 450 quid. So this guy made a killing. Now now you know now the ROI is not like you're gonna make your money back in two weeks. Now you're it's like <laughs> you're you're gonna make your money within like a year. But still, that ROI, you know, strictly speaking, it's still great in terms of you know profitability. So that's what I'm up to. You know, what I'm what I've been focusing on the past, I don't know, three four months. We've been looking for suppliers because this thing is like sold out. You you know, if you want to get it, you have to go on a waiting list for six months, or you buy it off eBay or Gumtree for you know, overpriced. Wow, how much would you pay for one of these devices? So. When we started, we were getting it off, you know, Gumtree, Czech version of Gumtree, and we were 
you get official price for the device is about, as I said, four five hundred, yeah, quid. We were paying thirteen hundred. Wow. Or more. So yeah, some, the, for the first device, I think we even paid like fifteen hundred. Yeah, it was nuts. But we wanted to, you know, we wanted to get in the game, and this was the cost of the opportunity. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, blow your five grand and then wait for it six months and then see if it really works. You know, you want to just, you know, micro test it. Yeah. That's what we did. And currently, uh, we've ordered about two hundred devices, out of which about fifty are, you know, up and running. And the rest we are still waiting for the supplier to provide. So and that's twenty. So you see, did you see twenty? Yeah. I said two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's yeah. Really, so I, when you say two hundred, I think there'd be twenty just popping my head, going like that's that's logical. So that's two hundred at the price it is at the moment, basically, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or a mix of that. Wow. wow. Yeah, we went kind of berserk into that. I. <laughs> I I have to say I don't feel like super super confident after going in and like straight in you know full on dive. We took out loans and borrowed some friends from I mean some money from our friends and family, so this has to work. But uh, you know before going in, we we made calculations and you know we always you always should do whenever going into any venture best case you know likely case and worst case scenario, and we know that even with the worst case scenario. And okay, the worst case scenario is not the thing going bust. If the thing goes bust, we are screwed. But we really hope that given there is about 50 manufacturers who make these devices, and currently there is about 750,000 devices deployed around the world, we really hope that this thing will just not just go bust like that, you know? Yeah. So, so hopefully this will take off and we have some really nice projected cash flow. And if this works out, uh, maybe I can, you know, take you guys to Bali or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's set that in writing after this. <laughs> but, um, All right, let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it done. <laughs> like Gregor and Jamie to, to Bali 2023. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, obviously, I've, this is the first time obviously meeting yourself. It's very nice to obviously learn about what you're, you're up to and what you're doing. Um, obviously, you and Greer did business at university. Um, what sort of tips would you have for beginners? Obviously, I'm a little bit younger, 21. Mm-hmm. Obviously, just looking to excellent get into age, this, man. Fantastic. Um, to get into sort of this sort of industry, what would you what would you recommend, or what would you say to a beginner? Or you're when you were 21, what would you what would you say to yourself when you were 21 that you would do now if you could go back? If I could go back, gosh, um, I would probably I now definitely tell myself don't wait because you know. When, when I was 20, I don't know what age I was when I was in my first year, but I should have been moving, doing more stuff rather than just reading about it. I feel like I, you know, I attended property conferences. I've been to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a real estate, like property conference in Edinburgh um, uh-huh. on, on Queen Street, I think it was. And I knew about all this stuff. And I, you know, the people were there. I could take their contacts and their business cards. And I didn't because I always, I had this like mindset, I'm young. Like I have to wait to get in the game. And then, and I met this guy Aslan in Newcastle, and he started when he was seventeen. He's he's twenty one now, and he's making like a hundred grand from his rent rent business. Yeah, I can guy, I can connect you guys if you if you you know if you are interested, or you can just follow him on Instagram. So it's definitely possible. So I, I would definitely say, you know, <laughs> stop researching so much. You know, <laughs> get up and start doing <laughs> stuff. You know, start speaking to people, and don't be afraid to screw up because you're gonna screw up. You know, um, so I mean, don't focus on screwing up. Yeah, put your ego aside, yeah, and just you know, go for it, go for it. Just stop waiting. I'm not saying, you know, take all your granny's money and put it on one thing. <laughs> and <laughs> But start doing something, even even like, you know, low scale, you know. And the best the best advice I would give you, um, and I would give anyone at any age, is, and this is not really easy, but this is a, this is a golden, you know, this is a golden nugget for me. If you, if you can find somebody who is, Who's into business? Who who generally like likes doing stuff or making money or you know just flip like like a hustle, you know yeah. just like doing random stuff in order to make profit, yeah. whatever you want to call it. If you find someone who is also into it, the same on the same level as you or higher, obviously even better. Um, yeah. Then you won because you have someone to share all these experiences with and someone who can relate to you and 
and I've been on this, you know, I've been on this journey for bloody hell, maybe four years. I've been doing like Amazon arbitrage in Edinburgh and I didn't have anyone to, to speak to. So I was just going solo, solo, solo. And I would speak to people and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, cool. But they never, they would never, you know, get in the thing with me or yeah. so it's, it's not, it's not easy. But once finally, after like four or five years, I met a guy here when we went surfing and uh, he, he's also in corporate, corporate job. He's, he's 31. He's a little older than me, but he's got the same same mindset. He, you know, he wants to, he wants to, you know, um, hustle, make that extra. Yeah, part. exactly. Yeah. yeah, he wants to, he wants to, you know, leave his job and have like freedom of time and you know location, and it's it's working really well because sometimes you're not feeling it. That's the thing, you know, you don't, you're not always like hustle, hustle, motivation. Yeah. But when I'm not, when I, for example, when I get sick, he's able to you know reply all these emails. He's able to pick up the phone, and when he's not feeling great. I can do it for him. So it's really great if you can, you know, split the responsibilities and have someone like-minded to just, you know, vibe with. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like a partner in crime. <laughs> you it can is, find yeah. somebody to bounce ideas off. Um, I always remember going down Stockbridge in Edinburgh when you're doing your Amazon <laughs> arbitrage. Stuff. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but charity shops really good for arbitrage. Yeah, this like crystal vas thing or like a. <laughs> Almost like a glass, and you're like, let's go and get it. You got it. Oh, what? Is this, was he trying to fuck it or? <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> no. I <laughs> 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 still so got it. Because uh, nobody wanted to buy it for, I don't know, 200 quid that I was selling it for. And then I <laughs> then I moved out and I was like, okay, I'm not selling it for 10 quid because it looks really lovely. Yeah. Okay. So this is a, not, not, it's not Swarovski crystal, but it's some different brand of crystal. But it's really nice. Yeah. So picture the, picture the scene, Jamie. We're walking down Stockbridge in Edinburgh, and yep. this is in the window of the charity shop. Okay. And Chris was like, look at this. Let's let's go in and get it. And I'm just like, I don't know what this is. Let's go and get it. So <laughs> I buy it at the time, and then Christoph takes it back, and it's, he's still got it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's an ashtray or what exactly is it. Is it just like... Ashtray people makes sense. buy this in their house and put it on a table. I don't know. I don't know if it has an actual function, but it looks pretty. And uh, I was hoping to resell it for way more than... than uh, so is it still for sale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, uh, it will be on eBay tomorrow. <laughs> link in the description. Yeah, link in the yes. description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, though. How you've it's crazy to remember this, Gregor, honestly. Wow. wow it's yeah, that's good. <laughs> Mm. I was just going to say, like, obviously, with the you've obviously done quite a lot. So, like, in four years, you've done a lot of different things. What's been like the hardest step to take, or like the hardest part of the journey? Um, and then also, Gregor's obviously told me you've been uh, obviously in the housing market and you have done um, a flip. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'd be great to obviously hear about that. But obviously, start off with sort of the hardest part of the okay, journey. okay, okay, cool, Jimmy. So the hardest part. And uh, I hope my boss isn't listening. The hardest part, honestly, I'm not kidding. The hardest part for me till today, I mean, it's going up and down, but the hardest part of the journey for me, it's been keeping my job. Not not in the not in the sense that they would want to, you know, sack me, but in a yeah. sense of showing up every day, Monday to Friday for nine hours or eight hours and putting in the work. My friend, um, my business partner, Philip, he made a really nice, uh, what do you call it? Like a comparison. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. What yeah. The pro- the pro- analogy? Like a, yeah. Analogy. Ex- like excellent. Analogy. So he said, you know, when you, when you work on your own business, um, for instance, I forgot to mention. So my rotten fish business makes me 800 quid a month. And I uh-huh. spent about, about two hours, three hours a week on it compared to my regular income which is about i can tell you um it's about 1350 yeah so and but i spend i spend at my work like 45 hours every week so if you if you calculate an hourly wage you know my business is like making me four times the hourly rate so we, we you know so it's uh so the analogy is is going to work is like digging or mining coal whereas working on, or, on your own business it's like digging gold. So it's like, it's really, it's really pisses you off if you have to be working for somebody else's coal where you could be, you know, getting your own gold in the other mine. You see? I've yeah. so, that one before. That's so that's, good. That's a good one. I think I really like this. I feel very, like, able to relate. Like, so 
Um, as Gregor in our last sort of podcast we've talked about, we, we had a challenge. I don't know if Gregor talked to you about this, but a, our dad gave us a challenge last year um, to have a £1,000, see who can make the most money within a year. So give us all a £1,000 and we had to basically just do what you could with it. Awesome. And I started, I started buying and selling golf clubs. Nice. And I, within like probably about four months, turned £1,000 into 3000 3, while in between doing working and university. So... You got a champion right there. Wow, uh, we do, we do. I was, I was quite happy with that, and I, I think I'm in the same boat as where I'm working now for to bring in the paycheck, but looking to start doing stuff that's similar to yourself. So it's like really refreshing to hear someone that's doing working and obviously side businesses and to show it's possible. It um, is possible. It's good, for, good for the listeners as well. So if you're listening to this and in, in our similar boat where you've done um, these sort of things, um, Gregor, do you want to provide the audience with a bit of insight to what you did with your thousand pounds? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I'm in front that's, of that's the, Chris Strong. Just spend it out on booze and hookers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, we get some fun, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, currently sitting in a bank account, not doing anything. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I did spend, um, I spent a f- probably about 45, four, yeah, about that, £45 paying for a you talk about hosting Christoph, you know, like a website hosting and yeah, yeah. Uh, for payment and stuff. So basically, uh-huh. uh, somebody's running a deal for this website, which allows you to basically have literally lifetime membership to host a website. Okay. And I can create unlimited websites. So I just spent £45 on that mm-hmm. with basically testing the waters of ideas. But yeah, not, not that motivational or entrepreneurial. So yeah. Right, um, it's, it's, it certainly isn't easy, you know. If you have a, if you have a, and especially when you have an office job, when you know you have to mm. use your use your mind, you know, you have to think all day, every day. It's much more difficult. I remember myself when I when I worked uh, at you know at the Amazon warehouse in Dunfermline. It is physically demanding job, but you have ten hours of you know of thinking. You, you know, the job is super easy. So after three weeks. You, you just walk there like a zombie and you, you get to think about your own, you know, things. So yeah. you, and you actually get really good business ideas while you're there as well. How to like optimize things. Because otherwise you have to think about something. Otherwise you won't even go yeah. home, you know. You know, it'd be nuts. So how is cool. your how is your property business doing now? Are your investments there? What's what's your current situation and maybe do you have a future plan? Sure. Yeah, what um, house as well, the flip. Okay, the flip. Right. Um, are you guys going to ask me about my biggest regret, or is it gonna, or should you just mention it? Dive in. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, dive in. Okay, so I think my only regret, apart from you know not starting earlier, which is not not an easy thing to do, is uh, I should have used all, my, all like the money the bank is willing to lend me. I should have used all of it two years ago. But I wasn't so sure, and I didn't want to, you know, spend all my money on the down payments. So instead of buying two flats in in this area where I buy buy, buy properties, I bought just one in terrible condition, you know, 1960s, um, and I did a full refurb. Um, if I have bought two, I would I would have made bloody hell, I would have made about 100 grand a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, wow. nuts. Well, the property market, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Through the roof. All, <laughs> all over Europe, from what I heard. So I wish I have, you know, had more balls and I just spent it all. But, you know, if you're buying something so big, because before, the most expensive thing I bought was like, I don't know, man, my car, which was like 15, 1,500 quid. It's nothing, yeah? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we are buying something that is that is worth, you know, I don't know, 50 grand? It's 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 a big jump, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it's really tough to comprehend until you're about to do it, you know. So I wish I have bought two flats instead of one, because there was one in the neighbor neighboring building, so it would be super safe. I would have two flats right next to each other, and I could do the refurb at the same time, maybe with the same company. I would get cheaper rates, you know, from the contractor and everything. But that's the thing. See, I didn't have anyone in my family who has done a flip or, you know, BRR project. I have no one in my family. Who, well, my granny's renting a, they have like a little garden house that they built for when they are like old and they cannot walk up the stairs. They are 83 now and they, they can still walk, walk the stairs. So they, wow. they are renting it out. Yeah. But they had only like really bad experience. So 
I didn't want to really go for them for advice because they would be like, oh, Christoph, don't do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, you really have to protect your your idea and your um, your drive. You really have to protect it. Like, you know, if you just go around like negative people and keep, you know, and you just keep telling them your ideas or your dream or, you know, whatever, you're just going to, like, waste it all off on them and then nothing's going to stay inside. So you, you're going to, like, focus on yourself. So I did the, the full refurb. I budgeted about 10 grand. Um, and I was hoping, okay, I will stay within the budget. And if I have like two grand left, I will go to Bali or Thailand. I will go surf and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. What happened is that the companies were incredibly more expensive than I, than I, than I thought. Um, I spent all the money and I still had about half the work to do. So I was like, oh, what, yeah, what do I do now? So every month I would just like, luckily it was COVID. So I couldn't spend so much, you know, going out with, with guys and stuff. So yeah. I was at home, I would work. I would cook my own meals. I, I still have no idea how I did it. The first year when I was doing this project, I went maybe like three times to a restaurant. I have no idea how I did it. Now I go to a restaurant. I don't know. I go all I go all the time because I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm so yeah. busy. I don't have either, I don't know, mental capacity or I'm lazy or I, I don't know. I just don't have time to, you know, cook and think about what I'm going to cook because you have to go to the grocery store. You have to get the right stuff and then you have to cook it. It's much easier to you know get something really um, cheap and fast you know somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, of course. So I don't know how I did it, but I was like saving everything. I would honestly, I wouldn't drive if I didn't have to. I I would save all the money and all I had, I would just then go. I would go to, I would go to like a hardware store and I would buy the supplies and then I would drive to this other city, which was about. I bought a flat, which was hour and a half drive away from where I live, and I and I went there every weekend. So instead of you know going for you know. A holiday or going to see my family i would spend every weekend there for half a year with the exception of like three i, I still don't, don't understand where i had this where i got this determination but you know when you have this property and it's not occupied you're just losing money because you have to pay the mortgage and you have to pay all the all the all the association fees or the you know the fees of the building yeah so i was like oh okay then i you know i painted the thing myself i i i read on the tiles on the on the balcony and so many things I done myself. I built a kitchen from scratch. Never done it before. My dad's never done it. My granddad, you know, he has experience, but it's really difficult when somebody describes you how to do it over the phone rather than show you. So <laughs> it was challenging. I had a couple of friends show up and help me with the demolition, you know, you know, taking taking apart the old kitchen and stuff. So it's been great. And thanks to the, you know, thanks to thanks to saving a lot of money, I managed to pull it off for about, I don't know, 12 or 13k yeah yeah but honestly wow. for the six months all money i had left over i just spent on, on the flat and luckily i was able to rent out the flat um as the most expensive flat in the whole city and that category yeah yeah people were wow. like it's so expensive like why do you have it so expensive and i was like well look around it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and then i got this graphic designer it's really really lovely lady um <laughs> I really thought she's flirting with me because she really wanted to get flat and she was really worried that someone else would take it and I don't know maybe I kind of let her flirt with me and uh, she got the flat my flatmates were like whatever you do I live with two girls here she's like they were like whatever you do don't sleep with her and I was like why not she's really cute <laughs> they are like if you sleep with her she will stop paying your rent because she will think that she's paying you with sex and I'm like ooh well, that then she would have to be very, very, very expensive lady because you know, <laughs> is not cheap. There's like yeah. oh, yeah, I'll just cut this. I got this. <laughs> but anyway, she's been paying rent, you know, every month on time, and she's really nice, really tidy, and uh, so good. She's guys wrapped around her finger, so whenever she needs something, they just kind of <laughs> stuff for her. So great for me, you know. I don't have to, you know, fix the fr fix the fridge or the washing machine. I have, don't have to do nothing. So good. So good. So you, I think the last time we had a conversation, you were thinking about another property. Do you want to dive into that or sure. what's the situation yeah. there? Yeah, I think this will be really, exci really exciting stuff for uh, for everyone who's listening, especially for people who want to get in property. Um, this is fairly, this thing is fairly common. This product is fairly, fairly common in, in the UK because you guys are really lucky. You have really creative financial system. And the bankers are amazing because your bankers really like to make money. Bankers here like to follow the rules and make the money. But first, they want to follow the rules. 
Okay. So it's more difficult to combine things and twist things, you know, you know, things like that. So for instance, in the UK, if you find a good deal, a good good property, um, that is fairly cheap, and you can, you know, you can show the bank that you can cover the the mortgage payment with, you know, some surplus, let's say 20, 30, 40%, they will just give you the money for the property, probably after you have one or two properties of your own, but this is how it works. Here is the other, here is the opposite. Here, if you find an excellent property and you don't have the income to support the payments, and obviously you will eventually run out, you know, even if you make three, four, five grand, you'll eventually run out because they'll be like, okay, so you make five grand, but your mortgage payments are three grand and we will not loan, loan you anymore because you have to live off something. And what if, you know, what if you lose your job? So they want to be covered, even though you are paying the mortgage from the, from the rent. So I got, I got lost myself here um, a little bit. So you cannot do this for instance here, but coming, going back to my second property, I managed to purchase it absolutely free. Like I didn't have to put any cash of my own into it. Theoretically speaking, wow. I had to pay. I had to pay the the reservation fee. That's all I did, which was uh, about two and a half k. Yeah, not okay. much. Not much. So yeah. I just had to, you know, sell off some investments because when you're an entrepreneur, you usually spend all the money, you know, on <laughs> yourself, as they say. You just invest everything, and then you find yourself having no money <laughs> month <laughs> after month after month, and you're like, "Why am I so poor when I have all these investments?" And friends are like. Man, how come you always? How come you never have money? I was like, yeah, because everything is invested. You know, <laughs> yeah. I have it, but it's invested. So what I did is, you know, since the first flat appreciated in in value and about about twenty five, you know, grand in the year. Wow. I after the year, I went to the banks like, hey, look, I have this flat here which I you know purchased with with your loan, with your mortgage. Could you could you send an appraiser there to have a look if it's you know increased in value? Obviously, it has because the, the refurb and all that. Yeah. So they went in, they took photos. Uh, I met this guy. I made it. I made. I had my my lovely tenant made him tea, and he was like, "Oh, she's really lovely." And I was like, "This is so inappropriate, man! Like, where are you from? Like, it should have <laughs> never happened." <laughs> anywhere i think i was like i was like okay this is cool but we're not friends and you know you she was like she's really nice and i was like yeah yeah, she's lovely she pays rent on time and he was like i don't mean it this way i said i mean she's real nice and i'm like this is really weird man come on she's my tenant <laughs> I'm sleep with her. you're getting funny ideas there dude um anyway so the bank said okay your flood is not worth you know um Bloody hell! I have to like all the numbers I have in my head. I have to <laughs> change in the pounds for the for the listeners to so say it was 50, 50, um, 50 grand, and now it's about hundred. So yeah, fifty fifty um, increase. And wow. the bank said, okay, it's worth about eighty because they never give you the retail value. They never they never appraise it for what you could sell it for because they want to be safe. You know, if if you know yeah. if the market goes bust, yeah. they they have the money long you know long out. So. And they were like, okay, so there is a there is a buffer, there's a spread of about I don't know twenty thirty k, and you can use this money. And I was like, okay, excellent. So I I you know went around, asked the bank. I said, okay, look, this is my income. This is my income. Um, this is my income from my you know fish business. <laughs> and this, is my, this is my rent. Like I've been getting rent for I don't know five months, not for the full year. So they will discount it. They will be like, okay, because uh, they only count your your like tax returns once a year right so if you start you know if you start your business in september they will only count um the last few months and then they will yeah. spread it in 12 so your monthly income will seem lower than it actually is mm -hmm. um so i found a flat they wouldn't they wouldn't loan me as much as before um, obviously because you know i i i i used some of the loanability um and i i found a smaller flat the, the one before was like one bed, so you had a bedroom and living room and a kitchen. This one is like a, you have a separate kitchen and one room where you like okay. live and sleep. This is a smaller flat. So yeah, kind of did, like you, did you find like you spent more time searching the first property compared to the second? Good question. Good question. Probably about the same. Probably yeah. The same. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, when I was buying the first property, the ROI was much higher because the prices, prices were really low. So all the of deals course. seemed really great on paper. For the second one, I had to look around a little more. But I was also I was quite pressed by the by the bank because when I was you know trying to find a flat, every month 
the interest would would increase by uh, half of point. So wow. So when I got my first mortgage, my interest is like two and a half percent a year, which okay. is nothing. Yeah. And then it was going three, three and a half, four, and I was like, oh my god! Like if I, you know, I cannot be shopping around for three months because then my interest will be six percent, and if my yield is six percent, then I'm basically like making no money. Yeah. So I went to see like a couple of flats and. I got this one. It's not, it's not optimal, but it's the best one I could find, and it's already refurbed, so I don't have to worry about you know um, spending time on it, and I can focus on other things. Cool. Which okay. is uh, which is which is great. Obviously, if you have time, it's the best. You know, if if you are shopping around, if you have time, if you don't have full time job, you can go on all, all the all the viewings. You know, it's really yeah. tough. You know, people who maybe yeah. are who are um, at uni or who work work part-time it's really it's really tough to you know if when you have full-time job so for every viewing for every meeting with the solicitor for every every, every everything outside work you have to take time off and you have to either yeah. you know take yeah. your vacation your holidays or you have to then go back to work and finish at eight in the evening so, do you feel yeah. like this is like a snowball going forward do you see yourself having so many properties in a few years or are you just kind of more dipping your toes into many other projects at the same time. Do you have a plan as well? Is there something that you've always thought of? Or are you just kind of winging it? (laughs) (laughs) I have to say every entrepreneur is doing both at the same time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of winging it because you can never predict the outcomes, can you? Yeah, of course. At the same time, you you have to have a vision. You have to vision which you stick to, but then you're also winging it because there are obstacles that come your way um, for instance, we couldn't find these uh, these uh, these devices for the Helium network yet, and we okay. could we could only find them in South Africa and in Romania, both really terrible options. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to be you don't want to be doing business with someone who's like on another continent. Yeah, and also doing business with people in Romania, they are really laid back. It's like doing business with I don't know. I don't want to sound bad, but like with somebody who's who's laid back, who doesn't, you know, or there is this stereotype working with Germans or Scandinavians. It's like you send an email and you have a reply the same day or the day after. Mm. You send an email to Italy and you wait a week for a for a reply. <laughs> and with our counterparts in Romania is the same. For instance, right. yeah, we come to pick up the product. We wanted to make like a like good networking with them. We wanted to meet our supplier, you know, that have like a relatability like have a personal connection with them so we went yeah. there we we met their dog and their wives and all that they were really nice but on thursday when we were able to pick up our first um 47 devices they were missing on the invoice our vet registration number you know and right. we just asked could you please add it and then yeah. this guy called his accountant and because because uh they they t- these people i mean in Romania, it's very common that you, if you have a successful business, you give job to your cousins and your, you know, to, to your family. You, people like sort of support each other, it's, which is great. But there is an issue with that because sometimes you have to employ people who are not so competent, you know. So his accountant was this like 70 or 80 year old dude who would not reply like phone calls or emails. <laughs> so adding the VAT number was a process of waiting in their office for four hours, literally. I'm not kidding. You, could, you can add this in like two minutes. And in the end, he still had no reply from the accountant because, oh, the accountant sent back the invoice. It was like wrong. So what he had, he had to open Photoshop or like some PDF <laughs> Photoshop <laughs> thing. And he had to like copy paste the VAT number and he put it in a different font. And I was like, dude, like <laughs> they stop us at the border. It will seem super fake and we'll go to jail because it's a totally different font. <laughs> and he's like, man, but I don't want to be here another four hours. Let's go. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So what was your what was your question? I kind of got sidetracked again. Yeah, so you know, future wise, do you think you have more? Okay, okay, I'm back. Hey, definitely. Um, I don't know if you know any any important people in property. There's Samuel Leeds um, from England and and other people, and they always mention it's great to have a business and have a property at the same time. Because I I realized this only later on. Property is great. It's amazing, but it's really slow. It's really slow. Like you know, if you have if you have ten flats, if you have five flats, if you have hundred flats, you're you're you know you're safe and sound. Your family, your kids, everyone. But the thing is, it doesn't. Even if you have like 12 percent ROI, that's per year. Like with business, you can have ten percent ROI per month. So just think about this is much bigger beast, yeah. So yeah. doing property on its own, it's great, 
but it's not as great as you know doing business. And if you have business, which makes you all the profit, we could which you can then shift into property to sort of like stabilize it because this is very risky. You know, this can go bust. You know, the, the political climate can change, whatever. You know, yeah, the trends change all the time. Property never changes. People need to live somewhere. So, so high risk, high reward, and you know, medium risk and low reward. I would say or low risk, low reward. So uh -huh. definitely, I wanna. I would like to have you know ten flats maybe nice. in the future. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> own, own like an apartment block. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, we've got you've got your businesses, you've got the e-commerce, you've got um, property, your own job. Yeah. What's next? What is there something else that's on the cards? Like, have yeah. you? Have yeah. You got the nice. Good question. Good question, Jamie. Um. So, my my I think my biggest goal for the year twenty twenty two would be to supplement my my income I make from my you know from my exemption job and be able to leave that and so I get a lot of time to focus on my other businesses and the ventures because obviously if you spend 40 45 hours a week at your main job you don't have that much time and mental capacity and energy to spend on your for instance my fish business is doing great but I have so many ideas that I could do to improve the website to improve the marketing to sell additional products to complement I could sell like birthday packages you know which would be like three times the price of a can and it would be more fun for people in this is what people want, you know. You have to put yourself in a position, in a seat of a like a provider, supplier, not the consumer. You wanna ha give experiences to people, you know. You know, you, you give somebody a flat, you wanna give them a, a great flat, or you know, things like that. Depends where you wanna position yourself. I wanna do, you know, high quality and obviously high profit things. So I would like to, you know, be able to leave my job. And uh, I have a friend from Slovakia. Vlad Choki, he's a he's a he's a rock star. He's a legend uh, on the internet um, in the Amazon FBA community. Cool. Um, he's he, yeah. He started in London. Now he's in Slovakia because um, of his personal reasons. And he's been flipping. I mean, he made revenue last last year over a million pounds. Not kidding, guys. Wow. He's okay. like I don't know twenty 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 six. Killing it. Insane. And he started He started in London. I don't know if he was working in a grocery shop. I don't know if he was working in a warehouse. But he started like this. He, I don't think he even has uni. And he's he's just genius. And he's got two groups, uh, Amazon Arbitrage Income and I don't know one. In, in uh -huh. each, there's about 30, 30 grand, 30K members. And he's on there all day, every day. Last, last Friday, I don't know, a couple of weeks back, I'm going home from a party at 3 a.m. And I can see him. And his great fr his, his his best friend being there, like replying to people, and I'm like, wow, like this guy's really into it. So, where are the groups? Yeah, come again. Sorry, is it Facebook groups or? Yeah, this is Facebook groups. Yeah, oh. arbitrage, Amazon arbitrage income, and the other okay. one is Amazon something. Um, and yeah, and it was like, man, we wanna you know do some other business because obviously I have my fish. Then we have the the network business, pro property, which is like a you know storage vehicle mainly. And then we were like, okay, we want to do, we want to do, do more, because you know the fish. As I said, I spent two, three hours on it a week, which is nothing. The, the, uh, this, this the, the network business, we outsourced this to an external company. I didn't mention it, but we basically, well, it worked out great than we imagined. So we found a supplier, and we found people who are able, who have connections with all across the country, who can put it, put us up on all these antennas and roofs. And basically, all we do is we take the the stuff we buy, you know, all the all the receivers, we, we we give them to the company, and this company has partners across the country, and they just ship them out, and we just pay them like a small fee from what we get from the from the startup, you know, wow. we give them like I don't know, wow. twenty thirty percent something like that, and yeah. but we have to do nothing, which is great. I mean, it's <laughs> way better. It's way better to have a smaller slice of the pie, but not mm -hmm. having to do anything. It's fantastic, yeah. and they have their, you know. Plus, even if we wanted to, I'm 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 unable, to, you know, go up all these antennas in the wilderness to <laughs> put up some boxes, you know. Especially if you have two hundred of them. Well, you would love to do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love to climb antennas. <laughs> Probably I would. Yeah, spot on, spot on, mate. So okay. we were looking for another business, cool. and we wanted to open, you know, the jet washes that you have around the city. Yeah. You know, you come in, you 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 know, you put in like you know, a fiver or a couple of quid. These are these are incredibly profitable, but you need to have again. You need to have like 
big chunk of money to build them because you have to buy the land or you rent the land yeah. and you have to buy the technology the, the, the wash boxes so they're like yeah. okay we cannot do it it's just yet maybe later and then we we're just thinking like what else could we do man and then i said then my friend philip was like hey didn't you do amazon some stuff amazon and when we were in scotland i was like hell yeah yeah, like, yeah i did that yeah yeah that, and how did it go i was like yeah that went pretty pretty well and uh, then I was like, oh, I, I know Vlad from Slovakia, and he, he's making a killing. Like, And he's like, yeah, just text him, man. Text him and invite him to Prague. Tell him we will do all-inclusive. He can come. We will get Airbnb. We pay for everything. You know, we buy him dinner, lunch, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Massage <laughs> with happy ending. <laughs> just kidding. So, yeah, it's been really tough to get Vlad here. Um, Hopefully he will come in two weeks. Um, we've been onto him for two months. This guy is incredibly busy. So he's like, wow. you text him like, Vlad, come to Prague. It's, it's lovely here. You know, all inclusive trip. You know, we're gonna treat you like a king. And he's like, oh, Christoph, I'm so busy. Text me in. Text me in a month. I text him in a month. He's like, text me in two weeks. I'm still really busy. <laughs> <laughs> but this shows, you know, this shows that he's 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 someone, you know. He's, That's so cool. Cool. Um, one of the things, obviously, I like we've got our YouTube channel for this for our podcast. Uh, we've got our obviously on Spotify. Um, I tried to start our YouTube channel while back, kind of like starting it and then kind of lost the interest in it. Have you ever thought about it for yourself? You've obviously got a lot of knowledge and skill set from what you've done, Christoph. Would you ever consider sharing this through like a YouTube channel? I've thought about it. Yeah, Jamie, I've thought about it. I know there are so many businesses, people who make uh, educational videos. Yeah, they make yeah. killing or they make you know, lounge music and like millions of views. <laughs> these are the, these are the ideas, you know, the mass market. That's what you want to do. That's what you want. Yeah. If you want to make money, obviously, then you can have your second passion YouTube channel. When I was at uni, I was like super into it, but then I was like, you know, I could do it, but at the same time, I don't have that much experience. So I was like, what, what can I offer? I could, what I could offer is I could offer to share my own personal journey that you can do hundred percent. And nobody can say you're not doing it right because you're sharing your own personal, you know, you're like a vlogger. But if I wanted to open like a course for people to do things, I could. Yeah, I could. For example, I could teach people how to do the BRR strategy, how to do flips. But yeah. considering I've done one, you know, it wouldn't be I wouldn't feel really confident doing that. And I don't think it would be very, very fair. Okay. Um, maybe as a businessman, you shouldn't worry about <laughs> fair that much. Um but hey, definitely, I would like to do it. But you know, with with more experience and with more time, obviously, because yeah. Um, so maybe maybe in a couple of years' time, when I have a couple, couple more businesses and you know I have outsourced some of the work, I maybe I will take take in some mentees and I will help them build their businesses. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, it's too early. I'm too early for this. I feel. So then, so when you're like fifty, you write a book. I'm guessing then. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully earlier than that. I, I would really like. I would really like to. You know have like uh, be, be, have you heard of the term fire yeah no yeah no. I've not. fire is a, is a is a is a shortcut for a movement started in america um stands for financial independence retire early and uh okay. so once I, once i'm fire maybe i would yeah i would think about it i would like to be fired by the age i'm 30 i know it's very optimistic goal <laughs> but yeah. uh my friend Philip would like to achieve this between 35 and 40. So if I do, if I do 30 or 35, oh. would be, that would be really good. But hey, this is you know, you never know what happens. So, so. And you're like, you're doing it together, you know? We are doing, yeah, we are doing it together. Yeah. Greg, yeah. that's what we need to start doing. Do you know get addicted to it? To what? And you feel like you just want to like keep going, or is fire for, is fire for you? Um, you just continue, but or do you just want to sit in Bali and go surfing? I want to try this. I want to try it because it's, you know, we, I don't think we choose our dreams. We just are born with it. And it's like, you know, you cannot really, you cannot lie to your, you cannot convince yourself or persuade yourself that this is not what you want. Right. I can actually show you. Um, I have a, I have a vision board here on the, oh, cool. On the, oh, on the wall. Cool. Yeah. Like all the, always stand up for yourself and, you know, postcards from my trips. And here on the, here on the on the on the wardrobe, I have like Accenture, and I made some collage with like people surfing and stuff. Nice. Yeah. This is, this is like every day you're staring at your vision board. Not, not so much. I, I should have looked. Yeah, I should be looking at it more. But but hey, um. So this is something I I feel like I want to try and. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm just you know go, going for it slowly, or at yeah, least at the speed I can. And what did you mean exactly with getting addicted? I I don't think I totally understood it there. Maybe maybe it's uh, phrased the wrong way. Maybe obviously it's like the hustle, mm-hmm. the environment you're in, busy, you're always doing something or thinking about your next project, and like you know the fire movement seems a bit like. Like you do you do then that route to to enable you to do other things mm-hmm. but i feel like you might get bored and you continue doing other things as well which obviously right it's, it's not it's not like a switch you turn it off i guess mm-hmm. it's more like you're still going to do other other entrepreneurial ventures yeah. right yeah spot on man spot on absolutely when, whenever i tell people i would like to be fire um they, they, they always say oh what are you gonna do when you're retired you will get bored you know for me fire is not about you know sipping margaritas on the beach only <laughs> that, <laughs> plus so many other things you know me philip and me i personally have have several projects uh as we say here on paper in my drawer and once i'm able to do them i will do them it's not like i want to you know just sit around and listen to i don't know radio and do nothing no i would just yeah. do different projects you know you would do whatever you know you, you want to do I would probably work less, you know, I would sleep more. I would, I would, uh, I would not work Monday to Friday, like nine to five. I would take Fridays off or I would take Wednesdays off or, you know, mm-hmm. I would take a nap in the afternoon. And from what I heard, lo- loads of people who are self-employed and, you know, they have businesses, you know, this is, this is how they live. Cause it's not really, I don't know. Better way to live, right? Sorry. It's more enjoyable. It is, yeah, exactly. It's more enjoyable if you can choose when to work. So this, for me, this this is what fire is. For me, fire is choosing when you want to work. Cool. But obviously, yeah. working. I don't. Maybe there are some people who just want to, you know, sit on a beach or, you know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, going play golf for half a year must be great. But I don't think maybe you would do it for ten years. You know. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right with that. It's it's a balance. It's yeah. It, it's really you know for all three of us, it's really difficult to imagine like, oh man. It's kind of dead bad to play golf for three years. I mean, <laughs> you know, but we none of us none of us have experienced it, and I think if we so uh, sure. spoke to someone yeah. who's done it, you would want maybe you would want to I don't know open a golf academy. Maybe you want to organize I don't know a championship. Maybe you want to maybe you would when I like I don't know film an interesting you know a documentary about someone from Scotland you know going on a tour, and maybe it wouldn't be a documentary. We would film something would happen on on you know going to yeah, Spain yeah, yeah. and they, they would steal his clubs or whatnot. And I don't know. You could do, you could do whatever you would want, you know, maybe Jamie wants to be a famous opera singer. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a final kind of sort of question that we had, we wanted to ask basically. Sure. So people beginning this journey or an entrepreneurial journey or investment journey, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the worry, and I think me and Jamie have the worry as well is you're saving up, all this money to then invest it and obviously there's a risk with that now me and jimmy obviously want to get onto property ladder and we i think we've maybe hold off in the past jumping into something because we feel like that's a risk that we don't want to take at this moment in time until the first property is secured mm-hmm. yeah. so our question kind of relates back to you know when you first started and money saved up and you're you're investing and you said you wish you invested double the amount basically mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. are you looking to if somebody's starting again or you're giving advice to somebody mm-hmm. you know you want to avoid the risk or reduce the risk but would you advise a certain amount or percentage of somebody's income to to get started or obviously depending on what they do i just what are your thoughts on that okay um i'll start with there's a big difference between investing in property and investing in your own idea your own business your own hustle yeah, obviously. Okay. If you blow all your money on your hustle and it doesn't work, and especially your first hustle is very likely not to go, you know, right, because you don't have the, the acumen, you don't, you don't exactly know how things work, and it's really difficult to spot trends. So, for a first business, um, I would do something that's proven. I would, you know, as as my as, as Vlad says, you know, do Amazon, do something that hundreds or thousands of people are doing that works. You know, yeah. and you know, get your feet in in, in the water, get your feet, you know, in, in the game, and uh, yeah, if you, if you're spending money on property, I wouldn't really hold off because property is great. You know, run the numbers. You know, if you find something, you can you can send me the numbers, and I can I can run them as well. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, 
it's not Zulu. Right move. Right move. Yes. Has, uh, has, yeah. has pretty good, like all you know, recent sales and these comparisons that you can look at. You can look at the rents. Obviously, yeah. then you would need to. There are a couple of more things that you need to do. You have to phone up people when you're doing your due diligence. But uh, I could give you like a to-do list to do when you're like researching a property. And if you do, it's not much. If you do these five things, you know that I I, I would send you on the list, then you're pretty confident. Then you're gonna rent it out for the amount. It's gonna cover the mortgage. So I wouldn't be afraid of putting money in property at all. Yeah, I think if you're sorry. I was just gonna say I think me, me and Gregor have been in a probably like in a position for the last like over a year Gregor I would say but we've been ready to sort of get into something mm-hmm. and there's probably been a bit of fear in both of us stepping into it um, and it's obviously like I think this is so interesting to hear from someone that's obviously did the similar course to Gregor so from my point of view is like this you know Christoph you've done the same stuff as Gregor at university but obviously in a very different situation and Gregor, Gregor knows fine well that he's he has Gregor's very capable to go into something appropriate himself right now. Gregor, nice. Gregor's got the financial backing to get into something more than myself. Uh-huh. But um, we've definitely been fearful of getting into something that's maybe been wrong. Totally understand. To yeah, yeah it's, it. it's a big thing. It's a big move. It's a big purchase, and you don't want to, you know, for your first property, I would say, don't go for something i went to don't go into full you know brr thing don't buy buy some buy what they call vanilla buy to let buy something that is livable maybe it needs fresh paint maybe you need to paint the door maybe you need to put in a new number or something in a new letterbox yeah um you know get in like a new fast you know broadband internet um don't buy it in terrible neighborhoods so you know obviously <laughs> If you want to be profitable, you wouldn't buy you wouldn't buy a flat in Newtown, I guess, yeah, or Old Town, unless you're doing Airbnb, then then it could be profitable. But I don't know, don't go to like I don't know, maybe Stenhouse. You wouldn't, I don't know. It's up to you. It's up to you. I have bad experience when I was delivering pizza there. <laughs> uh, What's the story? What's the story? Well, I I used to work for for Papa John's for. Maybe over a year, yeah. Yeah. And at the end of my Papa John's career, <laughs> uh, I earned my, <laughs> I earned enough respect to be, to be the delivery driver on on a moped, yeah. At the, <laughs> <laughs> at the I was, well, well, close to Bainfield student accommodation. Yeah, Fountain Park, right? Fountain Park, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Fountain Park covers this area of of, of Stenhouse and. Once I was delivering there quite late, maybe 11 in the evening, uh, on a weekend. And I remember I delivered this pizza and then I'm going back to my moped. But there's this policy, whenever you stop the moped, you have to, you know, you get the keys. And then you also have to lock lock the the handle with the with the gas so nobody can, like, drive off if, in case they want to start with the, with the, you know, buyers. And I'm coming back and there is, like, a bunch of, you know, like, like uh, what, do, what do you call them, like mobsters, like 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 teenagers who are like, I don't know, 17 to like 19, maybe 20. And there were like 20 of them and they were like right, marching straight to me. And I could see like they're looking their face, they're looking for trouble, you know? And they finally spotted me and I didn't see them coming. And then they're all like rushing to me and I'm like, holy hell. So I run to my moped and I try to get the key and the lock gets stuck. And I'm like, holy hell, like, oh no, like I don't have any pizza, so... You know, if they come, I cannot like give them the pizza and be like, guys, I don't have any money. Just take the pizza and go. It's free. Take the drinks. I have nothing. So they will definitely like beat me up because I have nothing to provide. Maybe my cell phone, which was really crap. (laughs) And I'm just like jiggling, you know, with the keys and I cannot get it open. And finally it opens and I just throw everything in the back, turn it on. And I turn around and I go the other way. But it was really close. They were like, I don't know, five meters away from me. I'm really glad I didn't start running. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, good story. <laughs> of course, yeah. So, what we'd like to do now is obviously had a really good episode because uh, it's been so interesting having you on to, to you. our podcast. Um, what I'd like to do is give either final thoughts to our listeners. If you were to go ahead, um, obviously, you've, we had a bit of discussion, obviously, what, what you would suggest for like myself, but if you're as a general listener or if you're new to investing or you, you've just started mm-hmm. a full-time mm-hmm. job and you're like but it's not you're not enjoying it and they're actually realizing a business might be for them what would be your sort of final thoughts for people to just take on advice for them to to, to do mm-hmm. final thoughts. do you have any yeah do you have any like um maybe resources as well 
that obviously you've you've gone to cinemas and stuff like this and conventions do you have anything that you okay, would yeah be... so if you want to if you want to do property um definitely look up samuel leeds um he's a big youtuber um big 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 persona in the real in the property space uh, in the uk and then i personally met up with uh, another coach who's closer to edinburgh so you might be able to you know get this guy um on the, on the phone or speak to him in person on some of his coaching he's based in uh in newcastle um, his name is Tom Heaney. I can write it down later for you, so you can you can yeah, that'd be great. link to his we'll website in, in, uh, description. in the description. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, if you want to do FBA, yeah, look up Vlad Choki or one of their um, retail or on, or online arbitrage FBA groups. Um, yeah, there are loads of resources online, so just you know, just use Google and you know go for it. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah. And uh, I would like to also reply, reply to the question Gregor asked beforehand. You asked me the percentage of income you should, you know, invest. So you should, you know, you you heard this thousands of times on, on Instagram or you know YouTube or Reels. You know, they as they you know they say only invest what you are what you are willing to lose. Yeah, it is true. It is true because uh, you know I have some of my money in crypto or stock market and it goes down. And you know if if I was to need this money, I would have to sell with loss. So. But at the same time, you know, if if you don't come from wealthy background, you really have to you really have to go for it. You know, like you know, ten twenty percent is not gonna cut it. Sorry to, you know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, like if you if you know if you want it, either you gotta give it the, the length, the years, or if yeah. you want it fast, you gotta give it more risk. You're gonna you know all the money you save, you you gotta chuck it in. But hey, never never burn out. You know, it's supposed to be fun. So let me just flip up the energy and you know <laughs> end up on a high note um it's supposed to be fun so you know you do it for you know you do it for fun if you feel like you want to go somewhere or if you feel you want to buy something buy it because you gotta treat yourself right and you gotta you gotta respect yourself for what you're doing you know you respect your body respect your mind so this is not just your slave this is you and uh, you know you're supposed to have fun with yourself so you always bring the other side of it which is you know how to have a good time right yeah, yeah that's what yeah. life is about that, that's so. what it's all about yeah 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 and i definitely well guys thanks again for having me on and uh i definitely plan on coming back to to scotland see edinburgh and you know when i come in we definitely go for um dinner or a couple of drinks yeah um, i mean we'll drinks and dinner on us for for this episode so christopher we'll take you to our first us. property that's what we'll thanks thanks <laughs> speak to you later guys thank you. Speak to you later. thank you for coming have a good one